Charlemagne the God here. I can't wait to see you at the Black Effect Podcast Festival coming to you live on Saturday, April 22nd at the Pullman Yards in Atlanta, hosted by myself and Jess Hilarious. If you haven't gotten your tickets, what are you waiting for? The Black Effect is bringing some of the hottest podcasts live, like the 85 South Show, Horrible Decisions, and Big Facts for one day only, okay? For inspiring podcasters, we've got you covered. If you don't want to miss the Black Effect Podcast Festival, make sure to get your tickets today at blackeffect.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Please stand clear of the doors. Yes, man, we're about to go to the Flower and Garden Festival. I cannot wait to go. Do you hear that? What? Hear what? Jen, is, did you bring your cat? I don't think you're allowed to have animals. Baby? Welcome to episode 93 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Today we will be giving the his on the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. So what do you guys think of the Flower and Garden Festival, Jen? Um, it is, I mean, it's it's not my favorite festival. I I, I say that in the food aspect. It's not my um favorite but i love um check, looking at all the different topiaries and and the flowers and and it's just it's the epitome of springtime yeah yeah and i agree with you it's like not my favorite either but i definitely think it's the prettiest out of all of the festivals definitely would you agree with that right mm-hmm. okay how about you alec um i've never been to it i'm kind of surprised because it's more than just a flower and garden festival because with the to- topiaries like you guys said the way it's um just all the f- gardens are displayed and stuff. It's really cool. I've never been to it, but I do plan on going to it in the future, especially because all the extra events that goes on as well. You've never been to it at all? This going to Disney like in uh, what, March just, or April? Just randomly going to Epcot one day? No. <laughs> uh, sure. You're never a big fan of Epcot. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely enjoy it. It's definitely very pretty when you go there and see all the different colors. Uh, I have a pretty cool memory, uh, which I'm going to talk about later. Uh, so if we're going to go ahead and give this a rating, right? <laughs> uh, we're going to rate it, I guess. We're going to rate it comparing it to the other festivals at Epcot, maybe, or maybe a different flower and garden festivals or that. Because I actually looked into this, right? And uh-huh. there's, this is not the only flower and garden festival. I mean, there's flower and garden festivals everywhere, right? I uh, think it would so. be like events, right? Other, other special events that goes on. Okay. So, okay. I mean, what other, other special events goes on yearly? That's an annual okay. event. We got like the art festival. We got the food and wine mm-hmm. festival. Okay, those all have the I word guess, festival in it. <laughs> yeah, so I guess those are going to be the only really two uh, that we're going to rank them against. So, what do you think, Jen? Where are you going? How would you rank this one? Um, I'd rank it a seven. I um actually like um the art festival more than this one. Um, just food wise, I don't know why. It just they're better dishes in my opinion. And and we just went. So this was opening weekend of um the flower and garden this past weekend, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was too. So I was there opening, I went on Sunday. So um did they have food stations all around? Mm-hmm. And but it's not nearly as much as the um the food and wine festival, right? No. Um it's not I mean they're they're using the same stations, but as far as like the frequent or the amount of them, like that one area um over kind of by future world didn't have as many and things like that. So yeah, it's a little spaced out more. Um it's 
it started off not busy, but as the afternoon progressed, boy, it got busy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'd rate it a seven. Yeah. I, you know, I think I rate it the same as you seven. It's not my favorite. I think, I mean, I think, I think I do like the art festival a little bit more because I feel like there's a little bit more to do with the art festival. You know, they, you got like that cool wall where you get the, like the mural that everyone gets to, to participate on, like paint by numbers. And yeah. There's like a lot of art to look at all around the different, the like the world showcase and not even in the world showcases, it's like different art all around. Uh, but I do like the Flower and Garden Festival. There are some food stations. Uh, I do like all the flowers and the colors. Uh, the Flower and Garden Festival, does that have the Butterfly Garden? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, do like- I don't know if it's there this year, but yeah, I'm not it, sure. It yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense for it to be there because it's kind of like you're cramped in there pretty, pretty good. Uh, I do love that Butterfly Garden now. And uh, so what do you think, Alex? What, do you, what would you rate it? Obviously, you've never been there, so I guess you really can't rate it, huh? No, nah, I've never been to it. I've only been to the art festival. I've uh, never been to the food and wine. Oh, my gosh, man. So I can't compare them to anything else. The art festival was okay. It was it was all right. It was fun. Uh, so if I had to give it a rating, I'd give a six. <laughs> <laughs> Based solely off of our descriptions of it. So I guess we should do better with uh, that, Jeff. <laughs> no, I'd, I mean, I'm just saying I don't go to festivals that often. So it's not something I'm going to try to attend as much as possible. So before we kind of get to the history here, I wanted to mention something. Uh, we're going to be doing something new called Quiz from the His. And I'm going to be giving five history hints. And you guys have to go ahead and um, reply on our YouTube channel to this episode. So all you got to do is go to YouTube, search Diz His. Find this episode in the Flower and Garden Festival and just comment on the video. And if you can give us the answer to the hints of what ride I'm giving the hints about, uh, you have a chance to win a one-month access to our member-only chat. Uh, So just go to our YouTube channel. Go ahead and find the Flower and Garden Festival. Hit the like button. Subscribe to our channel. Go ahead and comment the answer, and then you'll be entered into a drawing. And we are going to be doing the drawing uh, a week from when this episode lets out. So this episode is actually being released on uh, Tuesday, March 16th. And we will be doing the drawing on the Tuesday, March 23rd episode. Okay. All right. So we're, we'll actually announce the winners then. Sounds good. Let's get to the his on the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. Epcot's International Flower and Garden Festival is an annual garden festival at Epcot in Walt Disney World. This event runs during the spring, usually between March and May. The festival is included with the mission and offers plenty of free events, as well as some that cost extra. Join as Epcot is decorated with plants and topiaries. There is live entertainment, outdoor kitchens, and plenty of exhibits for the whole family. The festival in 2021 is running from March 3rd to July 5th. So what's your, what's your favorite thing to see? at the Flower and Garden Festival, Jen? I really do like the topiaries. Um, you know, it's always fun to, like this year, I think my favorite one, I, I like the Kermit the Frog on the bike. Um, you oh, know, yeah. a lot of them have been the same um, for the past several years, you know, so there's kind of like the ones that you look forward to seeing. Um, you know, it's always cool when they have a different one. So, um, but I didn't see anything that really like stuck out at me other than, I like that Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy one. And that was in over by Canada, I think. Uh, speaking of Kermit the Frog, 
this is Disney related because even though it was on Fox, well, it was on Fox Disney related as well. But the Masked Singer, we just watched the Masked Singer and the first person unmasked was Kermit the Frog. How is it Kermit the Frog? That's Jim Henson. <laughs> right. But like you took, like he took the, so, the, the thing off, whatever, and it was Kermit the Frog underneath there. The mascot was like a snail and it looked, it was really short. And the puppeteer was, was puppeting the, the head. And then it had a big top hat. So the person was standing there, I guess. And then when they uncovered it, they took the hat off. The puppeteer was sitting down on the ground, I think. And then Kermit the Frog popped out. And it's like, oh my God, it's Kermit the Frog. That's kind of weird. Was it weird? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> Were you like, what's going on right now? I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, That's kind of weird. So my favorite thing is when I'm kind of walking up to the World Showcase Lagoon and right along the side there, you can kind of see like the land um, also on the right, but you can see all the different flowers. They have like a different pat, like all these different patterns by the lagoon and like all these different colors. You know what I'm talking about, Jen? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. it's really kind of like um, breathtaking when you go in and you see it. Yes, yes. I really like seeing that, you know, like for the first time I'm going there, because usually you go to a couple of times when the Flower and Garden Festival is going on. Uh, and I really like seeing that for the first time, seeing all those different colors. And I really, like I kind of mentioned before, I really enjoy the butterfly garden, which is free. It's not something that's that's extra. And kind of go in there and you get to, you know, um, there's all these butterflies and uh, it's a lot of fun to see the different like little stations where they're kind of, have the um, the chrysalises and the cocoons. Mm-hmm. I think it's not only butterflies in there. I think it's like moss in there too and all these different things. But it's cool to kind of see them all wiggling around. And, you know, if you get lucky, you can see one kind of coming out of the chrysalis. And uh, yeah. Yeah, if you get really lucky, you'll get like one land, on, like the butterflies like land on you. So I really like that also about the Flower and Garden Festival. It's definitely a cool part of it for sure. Yep. And there's some really cool outdoor kitchens there. Uh, that you can, you know, it's not as much as the food and wine festival, but there's definitely some cool outdoor kitchen kitchens where you can kind of, you know, try some fresh from the really fresh foods that come from like nature, I believe. Right. Is that, is it like the, like the focus on those, some of the. Right. It's, it's more about um, the, it's not showcasing different countries per se. I mean, there's definitely sure still um, the, you know, they're, they're set up and they're very similar. Um, some of the things you've, you've tasted before in there, but they're not focusing on their country of origin. It's the ingredients that they're more focusing on with that one. Yeah. The, the ingredients kind of come from like plants and stuff that has to do. I think, I think there was like a honey station one time I went and I had there's a honey, honey, there's a honey, um, one this year. The international flower and garden debuted in 1994. It was one of many sponsored events that occurred that year. This event was aimed at home gardeners and focused on helping them apply tips learned at the festival, where many guest speakers advised on horticulture. Better Homes and Gardens sponsored the inaugural and now annual event, which ran for 30 days, from April to May. The entire park consisted of floating planters and spectacular flower displays. 165 additional plants were brought in to wow the guests, allowing each country to show off their native flowers and plants. By the end of May, Disney knew they had a success on their hands. So they plan on making the festival an annual event. The success of the Flower and Garden Festival even spawned the Wine and Food Festival, which started in 1995. Now Epcot's International Flower and Garden is coming up on its 30th year in 2024 and is Disney's longest-running festival. This event takes 24,000 cast members working year-round to plan and has grown a lot. Now there are 500,000 trees, plants, and shrubs brought in to help amaze guests as they enjoy the spring festival. The sponsors have changed through the years, at one point being sponsored by HDTV, 
And now, this year, 2021, it will be sponsored by Off Repellent, Twinning of London, and Go Go Squeeze. In 1995, the festival presented Epcot Garden Railway, which was a train display in Germany. This little presentation was so popular that after the event ended, the Imagineers decided to make it a full-time fixture of Germany. So two things from this particular history. Number one, I had no idea that Flower and Garden was first. Mm -hmm. For some reason in my mind, I thought that um, the Food and Wine Festival, maybe it's just because I just have more experience with it, but I always thought that was the first festival at Epcot. So that's interesting. And second, that is a really cool little fact about that train um, setup. Cause you know, that's kind of one of those things. Like I feel like my kids remember that they remember it for a different reason because it was part of the Kim possible. um, Yeah. You know, and the things would be zombies. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so, um, but you know, everybody kind of knows that that whole train setup. I mean, it's you always see people stop there yeah. looking at it. Yeah. So that's probably one of my favorite things to do. That's not my favorite thing, one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. But whenever I'm walking through the world showcase, every time I stop at those trains, every time I'll stop at those trains. Nick loves those trains. I love those trains. Uh, people are always stopped there. It's kind of like a good place to kind of stop and relax for a little bit, you know, because there's there's usually, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot walking around the ro- world showcase, uh, but it's a nice place to kind of chill for a little bit and watch those trains kind of go around. And the Kim Possible thing, when the people turned into zombies, it was all it was the best German beers right around the corner. That's true. That's very true. It's a good place to sit around and kind of hang out with your friends, drink, you know, have a drink and relax. Uh, I remember one time at the, for the flower and garden festival, you know, we're kind of talking about some of these sponsors. One time they had, um, like craisins and they had like a bog there. Remember they had the real bog. Oh, the cranberry bog that I think was that flower and garden or food and wine. I don't remember, but I, I the cranberry bog. I definitely remember. It was cool. Wasn't it? And it had like a guy in there who had like the, you know, like mm-hmm. big boots. I think there was flower and garden. Cause why would it be there for <laughs> food and wine? That's what? true. It probably was flower and garden. And I think it was there more than once. Um, yeah, but it, it was, was cool. pretty cool to see. And then, of course, they give you like the free, like little uh, packets of the crazy. Yeah, yeah, they give you those. And when they had the go go <laughs> squeezing going on there, they were giving out free go go squeeze everywhere. What is go go squeeze? So it's kind of like applesauce, like in a little oh, green thing. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. The kids twist them off, and then the things are like little helicopter looking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. 500,000 trees and plants and shrubs. That's so much. <sighs> like, how do they fit that in there? Is, does it feel. Like there's 500,000 things added to Epcot? No. We got, no, but you got to think about it. Some of the stuff's probably really small. Like in order for you to go ahead and make all those colors come together over at that World Showcase area, like we were talking about at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably all tiny little individual plants, I would think, right? Little flowers? Yeah, just think of how many is right over there. I mean, it's got to be at least thousands of little plants. Bigger than that is, you know, where are these... um, you know, in the off season, where are these stored and cultivated? Because obviously you're not going to, you know, you're growing these in advance kind of thing. That's true. So, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Need some uh, journalism going on there. Some best journalism. Yeah. One aspect of the flower and garden festival that has become more and more extravagant every year is the topiaries. This horticulture practice amazed guests as Imagineers can clip foliage and twigs of trees and shrubs of 25 different plants, grasses, and moss to develop and maintain a defined shape. In the early 2000s, Disney realized they could use these topiaries to promote upcoming movies and attractions. Every year, dozens of topiaries represent Disney and Pixar characters throughout Epcot. Characters like Anna and Elsa, Mater Lightning McQueen, Bambi and Friends, 
Aurora and Prince Philip, and the amazing Beauty and Beast topiary. The latest promotional topiaries are Woody and Bo Peep and her sheep in 2019 to promote Toy Story 4. And in 2020, Remy from Ratatouille stands on top of a wheel of cheese in the France Pavilion to promote the Ratatouille ride, which opened later that year. During the years, other amazing works of art have been shown at the festival, like Disney Nature Sand Sculptures, which sculpt amazing sand sculptures at Epcot. Hey, so, you know, we kind of talked about this in a couple episodes ago with the Beauty and the Beast show, you know, over Hollywood Studios, how, uh, you know, when Beauty and the Beast first came out, they actually had a show there. And it kind of was there to, prom- I mean, we figure it was there to promote Beauty and the Beast, right? That if people were at Hollywood Studios, they didn't really know about Beauty and the Beast. They could check out this show. They're like, oh, this is good. They can check out the movie. So they kind of had the, the show there to promote the movie. And I mean, this is a great idea to have these topiaries that are kind of promote some of the movies and some of the things that are going out on in the Disney, you know, out in the movies and stuff like that. They kind of give that promotion to those um, movies and stuff like that. Hey, Jen, you said you were just there. Did they have Raya? Araya? Um, Not that I saw. Because that's one of the movies I was going to talk about later and what I did in the world of Disney. We actually saw that. I watched that movie. It was really good. So I thought it would be kind of cool to kind of see that a topiary of, you know, the movie in at Epcot. Yeah, they should have, but they don't because I have a list of all the topiaries you can see and that is not one of them. Oh, really? I wonder why they wouldn't have that one. Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, one of the first times they did topiary to uh, promotion was Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. The Tinkerbell hmm. topiary was they one of the first ones. About Tinkerbell. I guess Tinkerbell movies that came out, the animation movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I have all those ones like that went straight to like DVD or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I remember seeing the Lightning McQueen ones, really cool. I mean, they're really cool topiaries. They're so cool. Just looking yeah. at the photos, I've never really looked at them because I've never been there. I never looked it up. And looking at it, I was like, wow, these are so cool. So I decided to show Emma the topiaries on YouTube, and she thought they were really cool. Yeah. But it, you, they, they really are neat. What uh? Who would you show a Tim Tracker going around? No, it was just a. It was literally just a video that showed all the topiaries. Oh, really? Yeah. There are plenty of exhibits to gaze at during the Flower and Garden Festival, like the Butterfly House presented by Go Go Squeeze. Adjacent from the land, the Butterfly House allows guests to walk inside with thousand native butterflies fluttering around you. This is the Butterfly House's second year at this location, due to the Innovations West demolition. Following the success of the outdoor restaurants serving specialty items during food and wine, Flower and Garden has now as many as 20 outdoor kitchens, offering ciders, beers, and wines paired with sweet and savory bites. The Taste of Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival is very similar to food and wine, except it focuses on more healthy dishes, with flowers incorporated into the dish or garnishes. Garden Graze is a returning event during the festival, a fun food stroll highlighting five dishes. All listed in the festival passport, Garden Grays does require an additional purchase, but with it, you get to go and collect five stamps from around Epcot and then show your stamps to the Pineapple Promenade Outdoor Kitchen to receive a complimentary prize, a lemon or lime Dole Whip, and a commemorative flower and garden festival glass. The Garden Grays can be completed anytime throughout the festival. I like when they do those type of things, when they have like the Garden Grays, or I think it was at the Art Festival, you got the Cookie Walk. Was it no? They made it. Maybe that that was at during the holiday. holiday. There was the holiday. That yeah. was festival of holidays. They do the cookie thing. Oh man, that's amazing. But I, I'm thinking about. Remember for the art festival, they had like the big cookie, like the art cookie, and it came like on a pallet. The cookie was like a pallet or something like that. I forget, but it was cool. I love when they do these certain. You know, it's like you're going on a quest, and like you do one of them, and you're like, oh, I gotta do the next one. I gotta do the next one. And you might as well like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and do all these different things. I need to go ahead and find get the last thing so I can go ahead and get my prize. 
Have you ever done this before, Jen? I have not done that one. Um, I've done the ones the kids have done the, um, it's like an Easter egg trail kind of thing. Um, where I think we paid $5 and they had to find the different Easter eggs in the different countries. And, um, and then once you turn that in, you got a commemorative Easter egg kind of thing. We've done those, um, but never the, the food ones only because, you know, sometimes, you know, I have food allergies. So sometimes I can't eat everything that they want you to eat in that little thing. So, but, um, I mean, I'm sure if you're definitely a a comprehensive eater and you're definitely there to throw down some money and try all those things, it would probably be (laughs) worth it, especially for the little, you know, commemorative glass. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, it'd be cool to kind of take home with you as a souvenir. Uh, but I like how they give you different options of Dole Whip also, because, I mean, I'm probably guessing they would give you, I mean, I see a lemon or a lime Dole Whip, right? But they probably have the pineapple one there too, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I don't think, I don't think I would ever do one of these. Because you don't like to spend money though. I'm not going to pay $8 for you to tell me where to go spend more money to get food, just so I can get a (laughs) prize that costs a little less than $8. You wouldn't do a cookie walk? No, I'm not going to pay. No, if I want to eat cookies, I'm going to go buy cookies. I'm not going to tell you where I need to go eat cookies. I'm not going to pay you so you can tell me where to eat cookies. Well, I'm going to eat because I want to try different cookies, man. I want to want cookies from around the world. <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit more palatable if you're on vacation and you want to bring home the cup, the flower and garden cup. And you're like, listen, I got to eat anyways. The cup is so cool. I'm just going to go ahead and pay and, you know. Hey, hey, Jen, did they change where that Dole Whip Center's at yet? Because they were going to move it originally, right? No, I think it's still, no, I think I'm pretty sure it's still there. It's right by the Starbucks? Yeah. Okay. Other events at the festival are Spike's Pollination Exploration, a springtime scavenger hunt. This event costs around $8. Pick up a mat at Mouse Gear, Disney Traders, or World Travelers, and then find Spike the Bee in all the different gardens. Place your stickers in the proper location and present them to a cast member back at the same location where you could pick one up. The prize upon completion is a two-dish set. There are four options. Spite the bee carrying a basket of flowers. Figment with an array of colorful flowers. Minnie walking over a mint green bridge while holding a container of flowers. An orange bird jumping out of a bucket of oranges. The Egg Stravaganza Scavenger Hunt is another annual event where guests can purchase a map for around $8. Guests will have to hunt high and low for the hidden eggs featuring throughout Epcot. There will be a giant Disney character egg placed strategically, indoor or outdoors. Once spotted, put your sticker on the map and then return for the event prize. Unlike Spikes, this event isn't available until March 19th. Last year's prizes were six Disney character plastic Easter eggs with matching stickers inside. There will be live shows this year, similar to past years. The Garden Rock Show, which replaced the Flower Power Hour, will be running from March 3rd to July 5th to make up for the last year's cancellation. The original concert series was canceled, unfortunately, but every weekend will be a live show consisting of local Orlando bands at the American Garden Theater. Every day, there will also be music playing at the theater, with a rotation between Voices of Liberty, Marimba de la Americans, and Mariachi Cobra. Around Epcot, you can find other musical acts like Jam and Gardens at Canada Mill Stage and Pianist at World Showplace. So there's a lot to do, right? It's it's similar. I mean, you can see where they're trying to get it back to normal because, of course, you know, there were 
definitely um, some higher caliber bands in years past, but obviously yeah. because of COVID, you know, they've scaled that back. Um, yeah. I mean, they're trying to get it back to normal, but you can see where it's been scaled back a little bit for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, why is Flower and Garden not as like, why is it not as stuck in my brain? And I think it's because they didn't always have food booths, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was just flowers and and those types of displays. Mm-hmm. So it it wasn't, it was still the Flower and Garden Festival, but it wasn't the way that you would, it, the current um version of it right so you still got to see those things but i think what's made it stick out to me in my head more is the food part of it so yeah because i mean food and wine has gotten really popular right Mm -hmm. so they're all trying to take advantage of how popular food and wine um is and so they started putting the like food booths in all the festivals the art festivals the flower festivals correct the flower festivals didn't always didn't always have the food booths i think that's something that they recently added cuz i don't always remember that within the past 5 years i would yeah, almost say yeah yeah uh but the flower and garden festival usually does have some pretty good uh performers that come in you know like usually like sugar ray would come plain white teas i think you know some some of the big bands that usually come in cuz i remember you know listening to oh I, they usually come in during uh food, food and wine festival too these have some pretty big yes, bands they right do. Mm-hmm. quick fire quick facts let's go other topiary characters include sorcerer mickey at the main entrance tinkerbell and fairy houses in the united kingdom mickey minnie and goofy between the future world and world showcase Buzz Lightyear by Mission Space. Figbit by Imagination. Pluto and Chip and Dale between Future World and World Showcase. Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog between the United Kingdom and Canada. Simba, Nala, and Rafiki in Future World. Snow White and Dopey in Germany. Lady and the Tramp in Italy. Winnie the Pooh, Rabbit, Piglet, and Eeyore in United Kingdom. And the Three Caballeros, Jose, Donald, and Panchito in Mexico. Oh my god, this cat. <sighs> Can you let the cat in my room, please? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, what oh, just happened? <laughs> the cat jumped up there? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I wasn't looking. He's like camera shy. <laughs> we here at Dizhiz were disappointed last year when Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival was cut short on March 2nd. We we're really glad that it's on again this year. Some of us hope to go enjoy the festival, and others are looking forward to seeing all the pictures and videos that will be all over social media. Dreaming of a Disney vacation? If you aren't able to go enjoy the resorts, then get yourself some three Cheeky Chicks wax melts. Studies show smells help bring forward memories, so these smells are a must-have if you want to put yourself back at these grand resorts. Go to MagicallyScented.com to order scents like Animal Kingdom Lodge, It's an earthy smell with sage, lemon, and lime. There is a Port Orleans French Quarter, which has fragrance of flowers, cotton, mandarin blossoms, freesia, and peonies. The Wilderness Lodge Melt smells of mahogany, blood orange, red pepper, sage, cognac, bourbon vanilla, golden amber, tonka bean, and sandalwood. The Vero Beach Melt will transport you with its orange blossom, star jasmine, velvet roses, and greens. Just visit MagicallyAscended.com and use promo code DizHiz20 to purchase a wide range of wax melts, candles, and room sprays, all made by Three Cheeky Chicks. That's Three Cheeky Chicks at MagicallyAscended.com, promo code DizHiz20. 
That's three cheeky chicks at magicalhacenta.com. Memories, memories, memories. Memories, memories, memories. Memories, 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 memories. Memories, everybody. Listen to my memories. So, Jen, do you have any memories? Actually, um, I found, I don't have like a significant memory that sticks out, but I did find a new drink this weekend at the Flower and Garden Festival that was very, very, very good. Okay, what, what is it? It it's a mix of it's a frozen lemonade, but fireball whiskey. Ooh. Hmm. And so our we went, it was um was my best friend's 50th birthday. And so we went and did flower and garden together to celebrate that. And this is a drink that they were just raving about. And so we're like, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. And oh my goodness, that was really good. Wow, that sound that does sound really good. It, it like I would try to figure out how to make it at home good. So, <laughs> oh wow, how big of how big was it? Um, it was from one of the Joffrey stands over by Canada. Uh-huh. So probably like a twelve ounce um frozen lemonade, probably with a shot of Fireball in it. Was it but, spicy uh, or it lemonade? Good. Really cut it, cut it down. Yeah. It, well, I mean, you could taste it, mm-hmm. and and so, but the combination of it that was really good. It sounds so. good. Ter- Terrace and Chen sounds refreshing. Was it refreshing? Very much so. It sounds like refreshing we for sure. had to, unfortunately, you know, we just sampled our friends because we had to um, drive home. So I didn't drink it myself, but mm. um, they were staying out there. So they got to, you know, partake a lot more than we did. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely. Um, and it's only during the Flower and Garden Festival I found out because I was like, oh, wow. oh, dang, I need to be getting that every time we're here. But- Doesn't sound too hard to make, though. No, I, it was like just a slushy consistency lemonade and probably a shot of fireball. So mm. never would have thought those two things together. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, sounds yeah, delicious. Yeah, you, re- you, you wouldn't put those two things together. They don't really sound very good. Okay. Uh, my memory uh, is when we, I went there with my school. You know, uh, we had about 300 kids going to Epcot. And so we pulled up to Epcot. All the kids are all together. We're getting ready to go, you know, go out to the parks and we wanted to get a class picture to with 300 kids together in front of Epcot. Right. Good luck. So yeah. Right. Good luck. Right. You would think good luck. Cause that sounds kind of hard. Uh, but actually Disney was like super great about it. They really? cleared out like a whole area for us. They got all these special cameras, which I didn't even know that they had. They went like somewhere special <laughs> and they had like the fish eyes, like lens cameras and, and they did like a whole photo shoot just for us. Wow. It was super cool. They, they, we had an area all to ourselves. We got a good shot, like right, right where the monorails were kind of going by. You can see the, the spaceship Earth in the background, and they were super accommodating to it. And they, and it didn't take very long. It wasn't nearly as hard as you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know those photo, the photo pass guys at Epcot did a fabulous job uh, working with us. And, wow, uh, we definitely appreciated it. It, it. it made for a really great picture. That's cool. So your school went to the Garden and Flower Festival, huh? The Flower and Garden Festival, huh? Well, you know, we went to Epcot, so we can go ahead and, you know, of course, there's so many like educational things at Epcot. Right. Uh, so we all went to Ep- we, went, we've, we went to Epcot twice, and we went to um, Animal Kingdom one time. All different years, obviously. You know, okay. But every single time, they did the same thing. They, the, the Photoshop, not Photoshop, but the PhotoPass people, yeah. they took care of us for sure. Wow, that's cool. 
Yeah, it was a lot. That's of fun. really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't even know they would do things like that. I was really, I was really surprised. Be sure to follow our social media, DizHiz65, on Twitter and Instagram. And relatively new, we have a Twitch stream account. Just go to twitch.tv, that's T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV, and search DizHiz. Be sure to follow us so you are notified when we start to stream. We sometimes put up spotlights and old episodes, but the best thing is Joe live streaming classic Disney games like Aladdin and Lion King. Sometimes our friend Remy from Remy's Roundtable will drop by to give us some Disney news. Just follow us and jump in when we are live. Joe loves to chat with fans, so start messaging away. You also never know who may stop by for a hang. That's Diz His on Twitch. Okay, so what, Alex, what did you do in the world of Disney? Um, you know, really not too much. Uh, actually, today I watched a different Mickey cartoon on Disney+. Plus. Not sure if you guys seen this one. Uh, it's called Mickey Go Local. Uh, it's, its art style is different than the new Mickey cartoons. It's a little more brighter and uh, smoother style of uh, art. And I was looking it up because I was curious about what it was. And I thought, you know how Mickey cartoon has those international episodes? That are obviously made for different uh, area, different countries yeah. and stuff. This kind of mm-hmm. had that feeling. So I was like, oh, is this made for different cultures and stuff? And upon looking up, it's actually from the uh, Southeast Market. It's made for the Southeast Market. It's a Southeast oh, Market cartoon that came What's out in it 2019. Called again? It's called Mickey, Mickey's, Mickey Goes Local or Mickey Go Local. And okay. so it was made for the Disney Southeast Market. Um, and then it's now on Disney Plus for us to watch. And one thing that's kind of interesting, and I guess this has to do with cultural type of thing and who's popular where, but when you watch the cartoon, the background characters that pop up, usually here it's just like a whole bunch of little goofies, right? Different kind of goofy characters. Yeah. Um, but this was consistently Horace Horse Collar, Carabelle Cow, and Mortimer Mouse. So those three characters were like the background characters of the episodes. Interesting. That's cool. I'm about to hmm. check that out. How long are the episodes? Uh, they're really short shorts. So just like the Mickey Mouse cartoon. Okay. I'm about to check that out. I bet you Nicky would like those. You think Nick would like them? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're very similar to Mickey Mouse cartoons and new ones, uh, but different art style. What's it called? Uh, Mickey Go Local. I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, that's I like that art style, too. Yeah, it definitely has a different feel than the new ones they do. Is this newer or older, would you say? It came out last year. Dude, I like the Goofy. I like I like this art style a little bit better for some reason. I like the art on it. It's definitely it's smoother. Different. I'm it's, sorry? It's smoother and it's closer to, I guess I would say it's closer to like an anime. It's like a, it's like a mixture between the two. It's like a mixture of old style, car, like the old style Mickey yeah. cartoons and the new style. It's like a right in the middle, I guess you can say. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you do anything else? No, that was it. That's all I did. Okay. How about you, Jen? What did you do in the world of Disney? Uh, well, flower and garden, that was the big thing. So did you have fun? Um, did you have fun on the trip? We did. Um, we went to my friends, they were staying at uh Riviera. So of course that's always fun to yep. go over there and all that stuff. And, um, the food was okay. They actually, for the first time ever, I had a dish that was disappointing to me. Oh, and really? so, um, it was just dry and plain. Um, usually I have nothing but good things to say about any of the food that we, um, are 
eating at any of these festivals. And for some reason, it was just a little underwhelming this year. I mean, there were some things, you know, like they had their, their old reliables that are usually there every year. And those were pretty good. And, and Hey, that drink was amazing, but, um, you know, it was beautiful to look at. Um, definitely could tell as the day progressed, it was a high crowd, um, kind of weekend and, uh, got a nice bird's eye view of the whole, um, Ratatouille, you know, expansion yep. of, of France as we were leaving. So that was kind of cool to see, you know, they, um, the oh, entrance no. to the ride is open. Like oh, you can really? see it now. So that's kind of neat. So it's going to be exciting to see that. And then of course, you know, they announced this week that it's going to open in, uh, yep. October. So that's kind of cool. And, um, other than that, that was the big thing. Hey, I have a question for you. You know, you saw the the Ratatouille area from the Skyliner, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that kind of ruins the, the Paris area for you? The Skyliner? Yeah. No, I don't Because, like, so. usually when you see, like, the Eiffel Tower... It looks like when you when you, when you see it from the skyliner, it, it's kind of underwhelming. Like when you when you see it when you're walking around the parks, you're like, oh wow, that's really cool. Obviously, they use, you know, forced perspective and right. it's like a um, uh, optical illusion, or whatever. But then you see it from the skyliner, you see it's like tiny. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that and when I, I remember seeing it this uh, that from the skyliner for the first time, I was kind of like, ah. Uh, what did you do in the world of Disney? So I wa- I watched. Um, Raya and the Last Dragon. Cool. Uh, it was super good. Really enjoyed it. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but I definitely recommend it. Uh, we might as well mention we're going to be doing a giveaway for like a, for our Patreon members. So if you are a Patreon member, uh, we'll be pretty much what we'll do is buy um, Raya the Last Dragon for you. So we're going to be doing drawing. What day is it, Alex? On the 22nd? Um, it's this next Saturday. I don't know if it's 20th or 22nd. Let me take a look. Yeah, so we're gonna be doing a drawing for our Patreon member Patreon members on March twenty second, and uh, the winner is going to pretty much we're gonna get them Raya the Last Dragon and the Last Dragon. So go ahead and you know sign up for our Patreon. You get early access to shows. You get access to our members only Discord chat, and uh, we have a lot of fun. And we all, you also get a bunch of other extra content. And the movie's great. I mean, are you guys gonna check that movie out, Jenny? You planning on watching it? Yeah, um, you, it was something that we talked about, you know, we're, our family's kind of a little crazy busy here, there and everywhere, and it's hard to get everybody home together. So um, we talked about maybe doing that when we're all home for an evening. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? How about you, Alex? Uh, we're actually going to watch it this Saturday, this oh, this Sunday, I'm sorry. This Sunday is Pi Day. I don't know if you guys know that. Ah, 3.14. Um, so we're going to order pizza. Watch uh-huh, a movie, pizza pie, and have ice cream cake. It's a good old late nineties birthday party. <laughs> I, ice cream cake? Is it a Carvel? Yeah. Is it a Carvel cake with the crunchies in the oh, middle? Because that's the, the best. I don't know. My wife bought it from the store, so I don't know. Why aren't you? Why are you not eating pie? Why are you you know, cake? I said that um, because it's also Christina's half birthday. We're gonna start. We're, we're gonna start celebrating half birthdays in my household because my birthday's by Christmas. So I hate. Uh-huh. That I don't have like a significant week, so it's not gonna be like presents. Just gonna be like a week, a day dedicated to you, whatever. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in return, my half birthday lands six, seven days before my kids' birthdays. So really, I don't <laughs> win either way. Actually, it's not a win-win for you. <laughs> no, you just get, we, we just make a, your own birthday up, like a certain day. I know. I should just your, decide your... a day and just be like, "That's my birthday now. Can deal with yeah. it." Yeah. But so that's also her half birthday, and she won an ice cream cake. 
Like, why is that not a thing? Thing like, why sh- you should be able to make up your own birthdays once, once a, once a year. You pick a day that's your day. That's your day. I mean, yeah. it's associated with a birth, so that's kind of a big deal. Everybody, I think, right? I guess yeah. you're right. That's sure. I mean, I like my birthday. It's just unfortunate. It's two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. Also, watch the Wanda Vision finale. And what do you think about that, Jen? Because I'm gonna let you know. Uh, I, I was. I was expecting more, right? And I think that is just me being selfish overall, you know, because it was good. Like, I thought the finale was good, but I was just like, oh, because, you know, we sit there after each episode, you go on YouTube and you find all these crazy things that are out there, all these theories, and you're like, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I kind of wanted one of them to come true, but it was just kind of like, eh, it was good. It was good. It wasn't just, eh, it was good. It was good. What do you think, Jen? I loved it. Um, it was definitely uh, very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of lots of tears. Yeah, lots of man, ugly cry. Um, I, the segue into um, the next Doctor Strange movie was absolutely flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the the very end scene was like just the absolute perfect segue into that. Um, so I was very happy with that. Um, you know, of course, you. <laughs> now you kind of have a little bit of hope from that end scene and I'm not just in case anybody hasn't watched it, I'm not going to go into specifics, but you know, some of that heartbreak that you had throughout the show, maybe there's a little bit, there's a glimmer of hope now. Um, so, but one of the things that, um, one of our friends was pointing out to us is that this whole, um, this whole series is just kind of been documenting the five different stages of grief. And when you think about it on the whole, you're like, wow, holy crap, man, that really does, you know, the denial, anger, you know, bargaining, like all of those, it really does showcase that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it showcases, you know, um, mental health issues. I, I just overall, as far as Marvel's first foray into TV, I have nothing negative to say. I mean, the people, you know, you can't help that people ran with the, with the things that they were, mm-hmm. um, you know, their, their theories that they were spouting online. That, that's not Marvel's fault that people were going way too in depth into it. And that's one of the things that my husband says, that's why he does not like hearing them because people have way too much time on their hands to think yeah. about this stuff. And he just likes to experience it as it is. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps maybe he enjoyed it a little more because instead of theorizing for the next hour after the show was over, like my son and I did, you know, he was just kind of like <laughs> letting it go as it happens, yeah. which is totally, if you know, my husband, that's a totally him response. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, it was great. Super excited. Um, you know, there's the making of that's going to be on this Friday and then next week we're going to segue right into, um, Falcon and winter soldier, which I'm super excited because big Bucky fan in this house. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that's probably the reason why I, I thought it was good. And it's probably a good idea really not to look into a lot of those theories and go on YouTube for like hours and just look up all these different, like, you know, things that could happen. And you probably would enjoy it more if you didn't do those things. You're right. And I think that's kind of a good way to look at it. Uh, Alex, what'd you think of it? I'm one of those people that didn't look up anything about it. So I had no pre, what's the word? Expectations. Yeah, I know. Preconceived theories or. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have any of those. Uh, I thought the ending was kind of underwhelming. Um, Just like I thought the whole series was. But it was a good ending though, I think, right? It was all right. Because it it wasn't really an ending. It's supposed to be leading up to Doctor Strange. Okay. Well, it wasn't called WandaVision, WandaVision, <laughs> aka Doctor Strange prequel. But yeah. yeah. Um, 
I am curious how or if they're going to do a second season. Has it been announced that they're doing a second season? No, no. This, this is not a second. This is that was a series finale. Yeah. So it's a it. so it was a limited series. Yes. Yeah. Oh well, they should put that in the information because well, usually it did, say, it did say series finale on it. But uh, they, everyone calls. I guess everyone says season finale, huh? Yeah, yeah. See, like they say season finale if it's like a season, right? Yeah, but, but if it's a series finale, it's the end of the series. Okay. Well, under the description of the show, it should be called a limited series. Because when shows are only one season, it's usually called a limited series. And I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever seen that anywhere. Uh-huh. So I didn't expect it to be one season, one and done type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting it to be one and done. I was ex- expecting it to be, you know, just uh, kind of a glimpse into the lives of Wanda and Vision and kind of a glimpse into the life of Vision. Not Vision, Wanda, really. Yeah. yeah. And it was super sad. I mean, you really feel for Wanda. I mean, she's, just like you said, Jen, it really goes into like mental health. It goes into the stages of grief and uh, it's, man, it's pretty heartbreaking at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, I mean, I'm not an emotional guy, so I don't get sad about it, but yeah, I see what you mean. What are you going to say, Jen? I was just going to say, I just thought it was executed beautifully and anything that evokes that much emotion out of me um, is well-written in my opinion. And Mm -hmm. that was a, you know, full-blown ugly cry kind of ending so mm-hmm. <laughs> good writing yeah for sure I, I was just wanting more out of the quicksilver character that's the only thing i wanted more out of did i wanted s- more out of his evan peters i think is his yeah, yeah. Uh, the name did you see the uh there's like a meme that says all that just for a boner joke <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so but here's the funny thing that helps to keep you on your toes with this is you know you maybe you shouldn't expect so much or maybe you should. I mean, that wasn't on, <laughs> that wasn't on accident that they picked him exactly. as an actor. That's true. So that's the thing is it just kind of continues to keep you from always, you know, you just, you're going to always wonder, is yeah. this a big deal or is it not? Keeps yeah. you up and at they, night. they didn't shut that door. Like they didn't shut that door that it could be a still big, a big deal. Right. I was, I was just wanting it to be a big deal in this seat in, in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but they didn't close the door. It could still be a big deal. So. So quiz from the his. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to give five clues. And uh, then you're going to, if you're listening, go to YouTube, search this his, find this episode and comment on this episode. Go ahead and like the episode and, uh, you know, follow us, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's, it would really help us out, help us out. And I'm going to give five hints and all you have to do is comment the answers. Okay. So here are the hints. Stages are on turntables. 50 to 120 second turnaround between scenes. Tokyo Disneyland location opened on April 15th, 1983. First time an attraction at any theme park became interchangeable during the year. In 2002, a movie was released after the attraction. All right. So those are the hints. Just go comment on our YouTube video of this episode on the Flower and Garden Festival, and you'll be entered into a drawing to get a free month access to our Discord member-only chat. That's the his on the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.
Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHiz65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on Patreon.com and search for DizHiz. made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, it's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA, what you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.